Welcome everyone to the very latest uh, Bolt from the Blue podcast. We're here to talk about Manchester City against Sporting Lisbon. And uh, let's just uh, have a look at the, the lineups, uh, guys. So starting off with Man City, Ederson, uh, Stones, Diaz, Laporte, Cancelo, Rodri, Silva, De Bruyne, Mares, Foden and Sterling. On the bench, we had Carson, Slicker, Ake, Zinchenko, Fernandinho, Gundogan, Keiki, Dilap, Mbete, Makati and Lavia. Now for Sporting Lisbon, they had uh, Adan, Inacio, Sebastian Cotes, guys, you might remember he used to play for Liverpool back in the day. Yeah. Rice, Pedro Poro, Paulinho, Nunes, Escal, Sarabia, Paulinho and Pote. And uh, yeah, it, it was um, uh, an intriguing uh, uh, tie. Um, and I'll, I'll, let me just um, welcome the guys um, before we get into this. OK, so we've got um, Colin Savage. Colin, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. It's a bit windy here in Manchester, but um, yeah, good, no, nice and snug at home. Right, storm brewing, I hear. Storm brewing, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, totally. We've also got Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing? Yeah, a bit, a bit like uh, Paul Collin there. I'm, I'm also looking forward to Storm Eunice that's coming in on Friday. So that should be fun. Storm Eunice, there, there's, a, there's a name to, to, to worry you, isn't it? Storm, if any, if any name isn't going to worry you, I think Eunice. So it's probably going to be a really bad one, isn't it? Eunice the eunuch. Yeah. Indeed. And we've also got Ray. Ray, how are you doing, bro? I'm all right. I've been driving around in this storm today. It's been about four hours driving. It's been horrendous. Uh, you know, accidents on the motorway, the wind, if you know the the, the M62 going over to Yorkshire oh. from Manchester, it's, you know, um, it's been hard to keep your car in this, going in a straight line. It's been it's been that wet and that windy. Uh, but fortunately, uh, I've arrived home unscathed, like City well, did last night. I mean, they had to, or today, was it today? They had to divert to Liverpool Airport. They couldn't land in Manchester. That's right, indeed. Obviously, they could um, possibly give a little bit of a visit to uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was <laughs> basically um, shooting up Twitter for saying that um, City haven't won anything. Well, it, oh, it, it, would point, it would have been pointless uh, to go to his um, his mm. gaff because he was over in Italy. <laughs> exactly. OK, guys, well, going into this game, obviously, Kyle Walker suspended. Um, it was... Your guess was as good as mine. Who was going to be the false nine? Might as well have been John Stones for any anybody that uh, could tell anything. But uh, I'm going to start off with Ray because, um, um, as I was saying to the guys just before the pod started, although uh, a massive, massive scoreline, uh, Ray, um, I believe that you weren't entirely all that impressed. It's Mike. It's hard to tell. You know, were City that that good? That um, you know, Sporting looked poor, or was it Sporting poor that made City look good? Probably a bit of both. Uh, I think it, it was just one for me. It felt like just one of those normal games that we we play, but this time we were very very clinical, very very clinical uh, in in that first half. And I think, as, as Pep said after the game, you know that 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 was it. You know, I'm sure we've had other games like this where we've not taken our chances and we've struggled through the game and this one we just took our chance so I think that was the difference but you know I, I find it very difficult to find too many players who are who 
had what I would call standout performances. Maybe I'm bored by City. Maybe, uh, you know, the hammering the pundits and the other fans <laughs> that have given us, uh, uh, you know, telling us we're boring. Maybe that's that's, that's seeping through by, was it osmosis or whatever? It, it's it's coming coming through and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bored. I mean, I tell you what, I mean, I, I, I didn't bother watching the second half. I respect, the journalists tell us, tell us to have respect for the opposition. So I respect... Uh, I'm only joking, but you know, um, but that's it. They're always telling us it's boring, but you know, it's, it depends on the other side. I don't think actually uh, Sporting played too badly in the first half. They just, you know, had a, had a problem defending and, and, and trying to score. Uh, but apart from that, they were all right. Well, guys, um, 43 times now under Pep, we have scored five um, goals or more. I, I think I've got a certain sympathy with um, Ray's opinion. I think that's where we are now. Are now. We're so unbelievably spoiled. That unless it's um, unless it's utterly majestic, um, we can tend to be a little bit um, picky. But um, anyway, uh, Bernard. So we had um, four of the Benfica old boys there: Ederson, Cancelo, Diaz, and Silva. And uh, uh, Bernard, they were they were giving those guys a little bit of grief, weren't they? <laughs> well, in the in the same way, let's face it, we do it exactly the same, would not we? To uh, uh, United players coming to coming coming to play at our place for sort of stuff like that, it's, it's just what you do. It's it's part part and parcel of it, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what a way to shut them up, especially uh, little Bernardo. A fantastic, uh, fantastic game, and he, uh, I think, he enjoyed it. Obviously, he's a big. He still admits to being a Benfica fan. Which will probably rile some City fans up, thinking, "Oh, how can he still be a Benfica fan?" You know, you know what City fans are like. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was brilliant for him, wasn't it? And the, the thing is, you got to take it. If you give it out, if you give out the booze, and you got to take, you got to take the stick, haven't you? And that's what that's what our foursome did. Plus, plus uh, the other seven that ably assisted them, give it, give it back in in spades to the boo boys of Portugal. Well, uh, Colin, so um, the teams lined up. Sporting were in their green and white hoops. Uh, a la Celtic and uh, City in navy blue. I'm not sure what you think of that kit. Actually, a lot of people got a lot of um, a lot of um, animus towards it because it looks like a t-shirt. I don't know. Do you like it? Uh, it's not my favourite. I must admit, but I, I, mean, I really don't care as as long as the football's good. I really don't. Not particularly bothered about the kit. I mean, a, a good kit is a good kit, and I think uh, you know there's been a few I've bought over the years. The the so-called hacienda one and the red and black stripes and the the uh, Umbro one with the, the red and black sash, and um, you know, there's been some great ones. It doesn't bother me. I say, um, you know, they could wear bin bags and win 5 0. I wouldn't really care. <laughs> well, let's stay with you, uh, Colin, because on on the seventh minute, obviously, there was an incident. We thought it was a disallowed goal. Yep. So um, Foden had the first shot of the game. Uh, keeper pushes it out. Morris taps it in. It's ruled offside, and that seemed to be that. And then we had this, uh, like, you know, Long, 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 yep. long, long, long uh, gap. Uh, I went off to have a cup of tea, uh, came back, still wasn't decided. Eventually, um, it was uh, it was given. Uh, Colin, what were, you, what were your thoughts? Well, I, watching it in real time, um, we were, I was watching it with some pals in a bar in town. And, uh, of course, Cancelo had the ball out on the left. He played it to Bernardo Silva. And I thought at that point, Bernardo was offside when, he, when the ball was played to him. So... Um, I was waiting for the flag. Bernardo made kind of run down the left-hand side of the box and cut it back to Phil Foden, who was definitely onside. Phil was about level with the penalty spot, seven or eight yards to the left of it. Uh, Foden shot and Kevin De Bruyne had to get out the way to, to avoid getting in the way. 
and the keeper sort of went down but really didn't do very well I thought uh, and he just pushed it straight to Kevin De Bruyne who was still virtually on the byline now I think we all thought at that point that Kevin De Bruyne was offside but of course when the ball had originally been played by Foden he was just onside um, so um, KDB just played it back um, to uh, unmarked Riyad Mahrez who was about seven, six, seven yards out and he just tapped it home but I think I don't think any of the City players were convinced it was going to stand because, oh, the flag went up for a start. Um, and, and, and it looked to me like there were two potential offsides. So it wasn't too hopeful. Uh, but, but the longer it went on, of course, the longer you, you kind of, your hopes get up. And uh, then the referee pointed uh, back to the centre circle and the City players celebrated. And, and, and it showed that, uh, the replay showed that uh, Bernardo was just onside and, and Kim De Bruyne was just onside. So, um, yeah, a good goal, but it came out the blue a little bit. I think that, even so, I haven't seen the ball in the net, the goal came out the blue a little bit. Bolt yeah, out uh, of the blue. Sorry, uh, Ray, go ahead. Bolt out of the blue, that was. A bolt out of the blue. blue yeah. um, let's go to, to Bernard. Uh, Bernard, that was a little bit of a, a weird one, wasn't it? What did you think? Yeah, very, very anticlimactic. I think, I think it's the it's the least I've celebrated a city goal that I, that I can actually remember uh, since the one at Norwich where uh, Foden put it in the net. I was a bit puzzled as to what was happening there at the time, but uh, at least that only took about what fifteen twenty seconds or something. But uh, I mean, talk about boil an egg. I went and boiled two eggs in the time we were waiting for the uh, referee to say to say it was a goal. But uh, it was weird. We were one nil up, and I hadn't sort of. Uh, I think as Ray was saying about being underwhelmed and Pep was a little bit underwhelmed we were one nil up and I didn't really feel as though we were and it just carried on from there really mm-hmm. yeah uh, uh, Ray um, um, I don't know what you thought about this but um, it was a strange one and um, there was quite a long delay wasn't there yeah I mean the, the thing is as, as a commentator said the longer the delay the more you think there's, there's something in this and they were you know pretty convinced they were, that um, um, it was an offside but I was I was watching with uh, my, my uh, eldest lad and, and at the time, and I said to him, it's not when KDB gets the ball, because he looked miles offside when he got the ball. He was almost on the touchline, um, um, or, or the, uh, yeah, the line. And, and it's when the first shot came in. And I said, because they're taking some time, it must be really, really close. Um, and obviously it wasn't. The funny thing was, everything was like, no one was bothered. They were just going through the motions. KDB passed it back to Mares. Mares just aimed it at the goal. It's, it's like, well, you know, they were all expecting this to be offside. And even the, the sporting players, I don't think, were really that gassed about chasing it and bothering. And they thought it was offside. Everybody th- thought it was offside. And suddenly, two or three minutes later, he gives it. But obviously, there were two things to look at, as Colin said. There was the Bernardo potential offside and then the KDB offside. So, you know, it, it, yes, it should have it shouldn't have taken two or three minutes. It should have been done within a minute. But at the end of the day, look, we, we get the goal uh, and that set us off and running. Right, guys. And um, it wasn't actually, it didn't take too long before one changed uh, to uh, two. And um, uh, Bernard, we'll, we'll go over to this because I particularly like the commentary from our mate Jonathan Liu on The uh, Guardian. And he describes it like this. The second goal from Bernardo Silva was a murderous half volley off the crossbar. A freak of nature from a freak of nature. What did you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it had gone in. I thought it had gone, gone somewhere else. I just couldn't believe it had gone in the net. And it, obviously, it's only when you see the players celebrate, you think, oh, it's a goal. Uh, again, it was just from absolutely, it wasn't even a half, I think it was on its way back. It had bounced. I think it was a good, what, a couple of feet back up uh, from its bounce on the floor. I think there'd been a, uh, I think the, the defender and the city player had gone up for it and it looped up a little bit and he didn't he just he just smacked it, mate. I mean it's absolutely brilliant. I mean and he, and he's great at that, isn't he? I mean, let's face it, if it had been Rodri, it probably would have been in Roll Z, but uh, fortunately it fell to Bernardo and absolutely still you know me and Bernardo, he's my namesake. I love him to bits. And uh, yeah, it, I think they called it a thunder bastard, is it? I think they called all those things. I think that's the thing. There's another word for it coming for Bernardo. That's good enough for me, anyway. <laughs> that's the polite version. <laughs> it, it was a beautiful strike rate, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing, like uh, Bernard said. I mean, you know, you, you never thought when he hit that, when or when it, uh, it landed at his feet, that he, he had any chance of scoring. It was just so. It just looked so impossible. And you thought, yeah, he's you know he's going to slam that wide or high or whatever, and he just oh the guy's just so good. I mean, let you know, let's give him the, as much praise as as we can because he's having an incredible season. It was a phenomenal uh, contact goal. He had no chance. It was gone past him before he could even move. It was just it was just delicious. It was pretty sweet, wasn't it, um, Colin? It's like a, one of those. Um shots from uh, David Gower just totally totally on the uh, the half volley and sweetly struck <laughs> yeah it was great i mean you think back to that villa goal he scored and yeah. uh, just yeah to be able to hit a moving in fact the, i mean the villa goal was harder probably because i mean the ball was moving you had to take it you know coming in from the side and there it more or less came straight at him but to still to do that with that sort of power i think the goalie did sort of get a hand to it and all it but only a, I think it was only a minimal deflection into the roof of the net. But dear me, that was a, that was a fair old goal, wasn't it? It was something special. And just to um, back up a little bit uh, what Ray was saying uh, before we talked about uh, this pod, 2-0 um, up and cruising Ray. But I mean, I, I, I noticed this. This is about the half-hour mark. Pep was going apoplectic oh, he was, on the he sidelines was... because he wanted, he wanted us to move the ball faster. Yeah, look, he... Even at 5-0, at 5-0, I think Raheem Sterling lost the ball in their half and Pep was jumping up and down. So all through that game, and, and, and Pep said, you know, at the end, Pep said, we can do better. In the first half, we could have done better. You know, we misplaced passes, which is which is true. Uh, you know, and it's quite funny where after the game, Laporte said, perfect Champions League night. And, and Pep, but, you know, Pep's there complaining that we were giving cheap ball away, which is true. We were giving cheap ball away. And he, I think he said, you know, um, basically against a better opponent, you can't do that. You'll be punished. You'll be punished if you do that. So, you know, he was not happy. You know, you, you look at it on paper, you won 5-0. You'd expect your manager to be ecstatic, but he's still striving for perfection. You know, he's still looking for ways for us to be better. And I think the ways for us to be better is not to give up um, silly, you know, passes in that first half. I think um, uh, Rodri gave a blind pass. We were lucky there. I think in the game, Stones gave a dodgy pass. I think Ruben Diaz did something. So, you know, we weren't exactly, um, we were clinical up front, but a bit sloppy at times at the back, which, you know, you've got to be disappointed. And look, you know, our defence saved us. You know, they worked really hard uh, and they saved us a few times. But 
let's be honest, you don't want to be giving those opportunities to somebody like Mo Salah or Lewandowski or, or you know, Leroy Sane or something like that. You don't want to be giving up uh, easier... Well, you don't want to give up free chances. Let the other team work and score goals from their brilliant play rather than from your errors. Mm-hmm. Let's go over to Bernard because it was probably 13 or 14 minutes later when I got the first suggestion um, on Twitter for uh, what I should uh, give the title for for this pod. And someone suggested um, I should uh, call this pod Filth. That's spelt <laughs> P-H-I-L-F-T-H. Uh, talking about uh, Philip 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 Foden there, uh, Bernard, who really um, dumped the centre back on, on on his bottom um, before scoring this goal. It was a nice one, wasn't it? It was. I mean, obviously, it's, it's two and two now, isn't it, for Phil, which is nice to see because he's not been actually at it, has he, uh, recently since his little problem and even before that. But uh, uh, obviously, we're going to upset Ray again, aren't we, with this one? Because I thought uh, Mares was absolutely superb. <laughs> he, uh, he absolutely took the mick on that uh, le- on that right-hand side, coming to his left, went back out to his right, sort of bypassed the first defender, didn't it, with the cross. And, and Phil just bat- just battered that. He said that centre-half was, was left for dead. And then he waited for the sort of, he even teased the goalkeeper. I mean, the goalkeeper wasn't great, let's be honest about it, but he waited for the goalkeeper to just be slightly on the wrong foot and then he just calmly placed it in the goal and absolutely, he had the time to do it. But, uh, well, he did He did have the time, but he gave himself time to do it. And uh, fantastic from uh, Foden. A bit, bit more like what we want to see from him because, as I said, he, he's, not, he's not been great, but finally it looks as though he's, uh, he's scoring goals and that can only be a good thing. Let's go over to Colin for for his comments. Another an, another suggested title that uh, someone else cheekily uh, uh, suggested was "Do I not like this?" Uh, basically talking about the uh, the whole Graham Taylor uh, thing. Uh, did you like this one, um, Colin? Yeah, it was funny because watching that goal and and you know you know you think you know what Morris is going to do, which is going to come inside, cut back and come um, inside. Uh, and, and either try and get across or a shot away. Uh, and it looked like he was going to do the same again. And then suddenly he just changed direction, went outside, just got enough room to put that ball across the front of the six-yard box or the line of the six-yard box. And I thought the sporting defenders could a little bit better, to be honest. It went right between two of them, uh, two of the legs, got to a third one. Uh, obviously, Phil nipped in and uh, was was kind of very confident in um, just giving himself that second to, to get the goalkeeper to commit and then just sliding it past him. But, yeah, it was interesting on that because uh, Mares did what he doesn't usually do and, and went outside the defenders and got the ball across. So, yeah, I think that fooled him. Yeah, so let, let's just uh, give give the man his due and uh, and go over to Ray so we can uh, listen to Ray wax positive about um, Mares. I've said it before, when Mares uh, goes on his right, he fools defenders because everybody expects him to go on his left. I, you know, I think the thing is sometimes I think he should do it a little bit more. But if you do it a little bit more, then you lose that element of surprise. But I still think he should do it a little bit more. It was, you know, he, he played well. I think KDB looked a bit disappointed. I think KDB went out on his outside and Mares um, didn't pass him the ball. But the cross came. And I think the first defender fell over. He fell over, uh, and then the two in the middle just—I don't know what they did. Or how how they let Phil. I think it was in between the two of them, end up with the ball. You know, uh, it was really poor defending from their part. And as the, as the guys have said, you know, he just stood there, Phil, uh, pretended to, you know, get ready to shoot. And the goalie 
went one way and, and Phil just tapped it in the other side. And at 3-0, you thought to yourself, this tie, the tie is almost over. Not just the, the you know this game, the tie is almost over. Um, you and, always worry as a City fan though, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, well, but come and tell, tell me, you didn't say one more before hard time and it'd be done. I bet you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's how I. I, I, I was, no, I, funny. I was saying, I was saying with the mates, I was I couldn't. I don't like going in two nil up because they tend yeah. to come out and relax a bit. Uh, so um, obviously, when we got the second in the seventeenth minute, they, you know, they were laughing at me. I said, "Oh, that that's two nil up." And uh, of course, when we got the third, uh, you know, then uh, it's clear we were going to go in, and uh, yeah, it, it looked fairly safe, didn't it, at that point? Three. Yeah. But I'm still laughing. Say, so I, I might start to relax if we get a fifth. <laughs> well, uh, Bernard, it was uh, at this point that I decided to make a fateful decision: go and make another cup of tea. Um, uh, about five minutes in, I realised I hadn't actually had actually turned it on properly, so went back and and, and switched the kettle back on. Uh, came back and it was four. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> and th- this was another goal for um, for Bernardo Silva. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a bit, a bit of luck about this one, of course there was, but uh, some great play. I think, I think it was a great ball from Cancelo, wasn't it? Uh, found Sterling and Sterling hit that byline. There was a slight hesitation, but fortunately, the hesitation from Sterling as he got to the, got to the byline was just looking for that player to pass it to, and it, it was uh, excellent to Bernardo. And of course, the defender, uh, I thought, I think it clipped his uh, inside of his calf or part of his body is low down and uh, the goalie had no chance he was to- again wrong-footed and you couldn't blame him this time there's nothing not much you could do do about it but uh, it'll count for Bernardo because obviously it was it was on target so the the dodgy dodgy goal team will, will give it Bernardo because obviously it was on target but uh, very fortunate but uh, I'm sure Colin was much happier at 4-0 uh, with a couple of minutes to half time that's right Ray it was a little bit uh, a little bit jammy wasn't it yeah, but look, you know, I think the play deserved it. Um, you know, we we I think during the game we went through phases of obviously we had a lot of control and possession, but we went through phases where we just stepped it up a gear, and w- whenever we did, we were through. We were through far too easily. You know, going out wide, getting to the balance, and this is one of those games where you know you remember we used to do this regularly with uh, when we had people like Leroy Sane and uh, David Silva. We'd always be looking to get to the byline and cut it back. And that's, you know, we were doing it time and time again. It was far too easy. And it's like um, Sporting hadn't been watching us play football, you know, uh, to, to allow us space out wide and to allow us to have overlaps far too easily, far too often. Um, you know, I, all the, you know, bigging up of their manager, but I just thought that was basic stuff. Haven't you seen other teams do, you know, make it difficult for us like Southampton have done and, and others have, have, you know, even Brentford have double teaming our um, wide men. It was too easy. Um, but hey, you know, you, you take that. As I said, I think the the the, um, the setup play deserved the goal and we were fortunate, but I don't think it was any more than we deserved. Mm-hmm. Moving into the second half, uh, guys, interesting stat flashed up and that was that... Um, uh, I think it was five minutes into the second half, we got this um, information that at that point, City had only had five shots on target. Only two of them were deemed to be clear cut. 92% of their passes uh, were completed. And uh, the next uh, incident, uh, Bernard, was um, when um, we thought we got the fifth. And actually, I tweeted that out, then had to delete the tweet. But um, disallowed goal, 
uh, you know, it seemed good enough to me at the time, but obviously it wasn't given. Yeah, it's a bit weird, wasn't it? Because we I said that first goal that we got after seven minutes, we all thought it was offside. And to be honest with you, I didn't even think I even even look at this as being offside. I thought it was a would have been just a well timed run and Bernardo Bernardo got it at the back post. But what a shame because it would have been his hat trick. He was thoroughly enjoying it, and I think we all enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, a bit gutting. But I think I think his uh, shoulder was offside, wasn't it? From looking back at the. At the, when they, they had the still pictures. So he didn't score with his shoulder, though, did he score with his head? So it should be his head that's offside if he's going to be offside. But it doesn't 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 work like that, unfortunately, does it, guys? But, uh, yeah, a great pity. Again, a, a good goal. Um, was it KDB that chipped it up? To, was it KDB that put the pass, the cross, cross in? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. superb. I mean, superb. I said, I, I definitely thought it was a goal. I was, I'd already written down it was 5-0, dead chuff, but equaled. Bayern Munich's 5-0 that they did at the uh, their place back in 2009, I think it was, in that 12-1 drubbing they got on aggregate. So I was dead chuffed and really, really disappointed this time when it was chalked off. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray, how did you uh, look at that one? Um, the offside? The, well, yeah. I was like Bernard, I already tweeted about, uh, about Bernardo's hat-trick and, you know, what a player and all this stuff. And uh, a lot, yeah, yeah. As you could say, we were a bit fortunate in the first half. Unfortunate, balanced itself out. I wasn't wasn't concerned at that point. I didn't think they'd come back. So uh, I thought, you know, like a London bus, there'll be another one round in a minute, and uh, you know, yeah, we, we we'd have more chances and uh, we'd score more goals. So it's one of those, um, you know, <laughs> we were winning four uh, nil. There's no need to be greedy. Um, we, we got that fifth goal later on anyway. Well, it wasn't actually later on, was it, um, um, uh, Colin? It was probably about five or six minutes later. And what a screamer it was from Raheem Sterling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I say he picked up the ball, I think about he was about 30 yards out, uh, just on the left of the pen, on the left of the, towards the left of the D. And um, you, you never know with Raheem, do you? But um, he, he seemed to have, the, the more obvious option seemed to be a pass to, <laughs> Riyad Mahrez, there's a gap between the, the fullback and the centre-half, quite a big gap. Mahrez was outside the fullback, and there was a clear line to put a ball into Mahrez into the area, and that's where it looked like it was going. But he just had a look up and, and curled a screamer in from about 25 yards. It was a bit like that um, um, Yaya Torre goal against, uh, I can't remember who it was against, actually. But, you know, he just put his foot round it and um, did it again, didn't he, as he did at Norwich. It was a beautiful strike, wasn't it, Ray? Oh, I would say it was top draw, that top draw. Um, I didn't think anybody expected Raheem to shoot from there. But, you know, I think, look, he, he's in such good form. He's so confident after his hat-trick at the weekend. Um, and it was it was a fabulous goal. It's, it's, it's like Raheem normally does this from, like, just inside um, the box where he cuts in across um, the defender and puts, Pops it in at the far corner, and it was just this was just six or seven yards yards further out. It was a it was a stunning finish, and I even you know the commentators were uh, screaming with delight, which is a strange thing when City play. Uh, but you know because it was a, it was a stunning goal. It was interesting, guys. I have to admit, at this point, I you know the game was um, dead, and I was uh, looking around at other things. So anyway, um, uh, off comes uh, Foden and Stones, on comes uh, Gundo and Zinchenko. And uh, we learned, of course, that uh, Leo Messi missed a penalty uh, in Paris 
uh, Ronaldo had scored a goal for Manchester United because uh, at that point it was actually quite fun. I was uh, I was actually uh, tuned out a little bit and listening to Mark Goldbridge, Goldbridge commentating on the Man United game and it was just so funny. It was absolutely hilarious. This guy tearing his hair out. Obviously they got a goal and then um, eventually got another one to make it 2-0. So I guess, I, I guess that's again. But it was kind of like a bit of an annihilation, uh, really. Fernandinho uh, came on for uh, Rodri. I think that was Fernandinho's uh, 99th appearance in the Champions League. But still, Pep was going going berserk. And, uh, and Pep gave uh, Rodri a real uh, earful um, uh, just before um, he came off. Yellow card for Gundogan on uh, 74th minute. But there wasn't too much else. I thought that uh, that happened as as the game was uh, running down there, Bernard. No, it was very quiet. I, I made little notes as I do if I'm not actually at the game, and the only thing I had after Bernard, uh, the goal from uh, Sterling, the only thing I had was the substitutions. That was that was the only thing I've had written down. To be honest, it was very little. I think Gundo was a bit got a bit drawn in. I, thought, I think it was a needless foul. To be honest with, you. I don't know why he did that. And they got a bit, they got a bit like that, didn't you? I think they had a, two or three bookings as well. They were getting a little bit physical, a bit, a little bit frustrated. But uh, as far as football was concerned, we weren't going to better that score I mentioned earlier on. We weren't going to better Bayern Munich's 5-0 back back in the day. So uh, we had to settle for 5-0 and um, that was about it, I think. What do you think about this, Ray? This is a lovely little uh, quotation again from The Guardian. City did not just put the tie to bed, they embalmed it. Sealed it in, <laughs> sealed it in a lead coffin read it in chains and dropped it somewhere off the North Atlantic coast. I thought that was quite a good way of putting it. Yeah, I think they, they reckon uh, uh, Sporting won't be coming back uh, into this. And look, they won't. It's, it's actually very good for us. And as I said before the game, we're fortunate that actually the, the second leg, we've got a lot of time. Um, the second leg is played on the Wednesday. Our game, the, the derby, Manchester derby is on the Sunday. So we've got the, the full three days. And our following game against Crystal Palace is on uh, Monday, five days later. So, you know, we could, if this was tight, we would have been playing a, a full-strength side um, in, in, a, in a few weeks' time. But now Pep's got the opportunity, I don't think he'll take it, to play a, a few fringe players, players who aren't getting much game time, and maybe and maybe one or two kids. Uh, that would be interesting if he plays uh, one or two kids. Um but I don't think he'll play more than that. You know, I, 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 I can guarantee, almost guarantee that the media will be saying Pep, Pep should be playing or Pep will play you know, six or seven kids or whatever. How many kids is he going to play? And he won't. He, they do it every time. They big it up and it doesn't happen. And I don't think it will happen. We've got enough players who aren't getting enough game time. I mean, Grealish has been out. Uh, um, Gabriel Jesus, he's been out. And uh, there's one more player who's been uh, Cole Palmer. Uh, I call him a first-team player. So I can see them getting a chance. And, and some of the, let's say, the fringe players, like Zinchenko or whatever, but I, we'll still put a good uh, team out. So winning 5-0, it's just uh, set us up, you know, and it's 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 good. Uh, you know, <laughs> I wish we could do it every time. Great to see uh, Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva uh, back in form. Uh, Colin, here's another nice little quote from The Guardian about Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva seemed to take a certain relish in scorching his former foes to the ground. Two goals in the first half, another one disallowed, and the rest of the evening spent in a sort of sadistic trance in which the aim was to humiliate as many opponents as possible. Um, possibly a bit of hyperbole there, but um, it's great to see those two guys uh, back in form, isn't it? 
Yes, absolutely it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. So uh, let's uh, move beyond this particular game. Any thoughts on the other results? Let's go to Colin for that one. PSG well, and... Mike, uh, Mike, can I just interrupt? Does anyone, sorry, know, uh, does anyone know why Stefan wasn't on the bench? I've not I've not found out. Anyone know he wasn't? I he was Slicker and um, Carson. There was no Stefan on the bench. I thought he was injured or... I was going to say, I don't know. I don't say I've not seen anything as to why Stefan wasn't around. That was that was all. Um, he was... I, I thought he was. I thought he was injured. Um, but I'm trying to remember why. Because did he? He didn't go to with the USA. He didn't go to play with the USA, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he went yeah. with the US. So yeah. is, is that? Could that? I can't think of any other other reason. If he's if he actually went with them. Then yeah, he was up against Norwich. He was on the bench against Norwich. I'm fairly sure he was. So why? Yeah, I don't uh, know. I guess they probably because I thought you know Edison. You know Edison. He's probably sometimes in these big champion in these Champions League games he has brain farts. I was panicking a bit of uh, Slicker coming on or Carson having to come on it before the game. I was I was panicking just a little bit. But I just wonder what happened to I, Stefan if anyone how knew. Could doubt Scott Carson if called upon. You know. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Guys. I'm just wondering because I've not I've not read it or seen anything about it. You probably picked up a late knock, maybe. But I mean, uh, one thing that was uh, very funny was that um, people were putting up those um, those little snapshots of uh, Ederson in his own half with like nobody near him for about a mile, and um, obviously, um, you know, he could have got the deck chair out and been and, and been reading the newspaper at, 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 at a lot of times, but. Um, Sorry, guys, I'm reading that Zach Seffron was injured. I said, thought I said he was. Um, so he wasn't available for Norwich. Oh, uh, OK, I thought, I thought he was on the bench at Norwich. So I thought I saw a picture of him or saw him at the ground. I thought I, I, thought I saw him there. Yeah. said he was not named in the squad for the for the, for the the game anyway. Um, the Manchester Evening News said he was uh, unavailable for the trip to Cairo Road. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I've just looked a lot at me team sheet. Yeah, he, he was only Carson on the uh, yeah. on the bench. As I said, at, he, he missed the um, uh, U.S. Uh, men's national team World Cup qualifying um, in January um, with a back injury, but he came back right. against Fulham. Played against Fulham, so um, I don't think there's a we know why he was injured. Pep never said anything in the press conference um, mm. before the game because he always says who's injured. He said Grealish. Um, Cole Palmer and um, Gabriel Jesus. So I don't think he mentioned anything mm. about. Him. Nothing okay. to worry about, guys. Nothing to worry about. I tell but you what. Sorry, say, can we do some interesting stuff? Uh, it was interesting to see that um, Cristiano Ronaldo's mother wasn't watching <laughs> yeah. against Brighton. She was watching City. She wanted to watch City. I mean, we've heard so many stories about United players sending their children to Manchester City's academy because hey, it's the it's one of the best around. And now you've got Cristiano Ronaldo's mother who wants to watch Manchester City play rather than her son. I well, mean, actually, I, I can weigh in there because I think I've read that she's actually a fan of Sporting Lisbon. Um, Mike, Mike, she's a City fan. She's been a City fan. <laughs> Look, she's been a City fan since we won the FA Cup back in the fifties. Come on, Mike. <laughs> well, um, guys, one thing that I thought was a little bit annoying, personally, um, Colin, was um, you know, despite this uh, thumping win for City, it, it wasn't the thing that um, most journal journalists were salivating over. They were actually salivating over Mbappe's late goal um, in the game between them. Um, uh, Madrid and PSG, and um, that it, it kind of just shows you that that's what they thought was important. 
Well, I, I, obviously you saw my, you probably saw my tweets earlier. The, the Telegraph sports page, um, the kind of top half of that, there was a story about Novak Djokovic, a story about this 15-year-old Russian skater, United's, um, after checking United's game, the Daily Mail had us um, 31st story, Mail Online had us 31st story. Um, the Express didn't have a match report at all. Not that anyone reads The Express, so not missing much there. But, um, you know, almost like there was a media blackout. It was. It was very, very interesting. And, and Bernard, I guess that's because we and don't it was actually... That game. Sorry, it was historic, that game, because, of course, it's the first time a, a club has scored four goals in the first half of a, um, a knockout. Right? Um, yeah. The knockout that, stage of the Champions League, away from that was a, That was a nice little statistic. Uh, Bernard, I think that's probably because we don't win meaningful trophies, uh, if we agree with Mr. Alexander-Arnold. Um, it's interesting in that quote from him, he said, uh, well, Man City have won a couple of uh, Premier Leagues. And you're thinking, hold on a minute, a couple of Premier Leagues? What are you on about, mate? Well, I think I think most kids don't know what a couple means. I think they say the word <laughs> without realising it means two. Uh, they haven't got the... Uh, they're not educated these days to know that a couple means two rather than five or what, whatever whatever it turns into. I think also, it uh, wasn't that the fifth... The fifth consecutive away winning the knockouts, that's a record as well. No other team has ever done that in Champions League history as well. In the knockout rounds, having five away consecutive wins. So that was another little record. Yeah, but we used to it now, mate. Let's be honest about it. It's not, the press is never going to change. Um, even 20, 30 years from now, and probably I won't be here or whatever, it'll still, still be the same rubbish from the press. They'll, they'll keep on ignoring City. But as long as we keep winning, it doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly, guys. Well, uh, that was the other result uh, between um, PSG and Madrid. You don't, uh, you don't know tonight's results. You don't um, I, I, I actually haven't checked, Ray. So um, oh, what, you what's know. up? Can you, can you just um, fill me in? All right, uh, Liverpool have scored two late goals uh, away at Inter. I think Inter have, have actually done all right, uh, but they didn't score. They didn't score when they uh, when they had the chances or when they're on top. And Liverpool have scored two late goals. Um, there's another goal coming in, and it's uh, oh Bayern Munich have just equalised at Salzburg. So Salzburg have gone all the way um, until until the until the death and Bayern Munich have just equalised. So that that tries ties intriguingly poised, but looks like uh, those cheats at Liverpool are getting through. <laughs> it's interesting now five nil. I mean that's our that's equals our best uh, away Champions League win. Do you know who the the other five nil was against? I think five nil. Any takers? Anybody? No. I have no idea myself. Bucharest, we won five nil against, didn't we? Sorry. City won five nil against Stour Bucharest, but that was in the. Qualifying round, wouldn't it? That's qualifying. Didn't we beat Bruges 5 0? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but that equals okay. that best away. And it's also the best in Champions League um, knockouts as well, an away win of 5 0. So that's nice. All right, guys. Have any other business before we um, we uh, knock this on the head? There's, there's a couple of things. It was, it was interesting that everybody's talking about Raheem Sterling because obviously he's, he's, he's got a goal and they're saying Raheem is, uh, I'm just being pedantic here, they say he's City's, he's in the top t- list of top 10 goal scorers for City. Now City have come out and said this, everybody's saying this, but it's not true because there are 10 people ahead of him. There are two people on uh, who are ninth with, I think, 172 goals. Uh, I can't remember, Fred Tilson and someone else. Um, 
can't remember who it was now. But so City have put out this this you know story, and everybody's saying the same thing. But come on, guys, it's ten ahead of you. You know, if if you're going to say that, then Manchester United were, were joint winners of the Premier League back in 2012. If you're going to if you're going to say that, there are ten players ahead of him. He's eleventh. And sorry for being pedantic, but that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good one. Um, what else? Anything anything else, guys? Oh, you've had um, Simon Jordan talking about Klopp and Pep uh, on the radio, um, and he's he was talking about how much each of them has spent point one, which we don't care about, you know, and because um, obviously Pep has spent a little bit more than uh, Mr. Klopp, but we won a heck of a lot more trophies in in the same time, and there's always this thing coming up about you know how much Pep has spent, and he said Pep's a checkbook manager. Um, it, look, you saw, look, Simon Simon Jordan was a was a failed owner. Okay, so he can come and say whatever he likes, but he'll never get rid of that that thing that he was a failed owner of a football club. Failure with a big fat F, Simon. <laughs> um, so you know he can say whatever he like. You know, but but the, so don't come and start uh, lecturing us about city and money and what pet spent. Um, and and it's just one of those. Pundits out there. It, it, look, it gets a lot of traction on social media, which is obviously why they do this sort of thing. A lot of traction. There's lots of stuff out there about Liverpool and City that people put out just to get. It's just clickbait traction stuff, and it's just a lot of rubbish. But that that was that was just a, an interesting thing. And um, I think Peppers also said Liverpool are a pain in the ass. <laughs> he, asked, he was asked in the press conference, you know, who's who can c- compete with City and blah. He said Liverpool. Lupul, you know, he, he, you know, and he's, he's honest. He's right. Lupul are uh, an excellent team, and they are a pain in the ass. You, you can't um, get get away from that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we can probably guess that uh, Simon Jordan is not going to be on uh, Ray's uh, Christmas card list. But oh, uh, okay. Um, let's leave it there, guys, because obviously, um, we're uh, we could we could go on. We're just coming up to the hour mark. I think that'll probably do us, and we'll be back with you. After the next game. So let's uh, bid farewell to the chaps, starting off with um, Colin Savage. Yes, uh, God, good evening, everyone. And let's hope, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a funny one, the next game, and it's Spurs. And looking at Spurs' position in the league, you know, they're behind United. Uh, they have a few games in hand, but uh, I think we'll all be hoping that they lose one of their games in hand. Yeah, Bernard, I think we owe them one or two, don't we, Spurs? Well, don't we all? Don't we always, uh, mate? I mean, obviously, we're still. I'm still smart in the League Cup uh, victory helped last season, of course. But I'm still smarting from '81, mate. So I just want to. <laughs> I want to stick from every time we play them. To be honest with you. Absolutely, and uh, you've been listening to uh, Ray. Thank you very much for coming on, Ray. You're most welcome. I've got to chime in as well. I I hate Spurs. Uh, you know, <laughs> I hate a strong word, but I hate Spurs. Um, you know, and and long may they suffer. Oh, may they suffer. All right, guys, let's finish off there and uh, finish off in the normal way by saying have one on us and up the blues. (laughs) 